We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. A live edition of Booth Review presented by Emprise Bank. There's more options to do banking now more than ever. Who you work with is more important than how close they are to your home. Emprise has digital banking that meets you where you are, on your phone, on your computer, even your smartwatch. A trusted partner is at your fingertips. Emprise Bank member FDIC Kansas falls to TCU 38-31 at home. College game day here, an electric atmosphere, somber mm-hmm. notes in the middle of the football game. A lot to talk about with my pal, Scott Chasen. Find him on Twitter at Chasen Scott. Buddy, uh, what was the vibe after that game in the locker room, in the, in the, in the uh, media availability? How was that? I, Ken, I think it was competing vibes. Um, I think there were a few different ones. I think one was actually summed up by KU basketball coach Bill Self, who I bumped into on the way back up to the press box. He was talking to someone about the football team, and they asked him, you know, if he's seen the improvement from the football team. And he basically he said, "Good God Almighty, yes." That was the quote uh, from him. I, I I think people know know that. You know, walking down to the post game, you walk through, you know, where a lot of fans are. You hear. Um, I think people are positive, but the players themselves. You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, Lance Leipold was more down, more emotional maybe than I expected a little bit. It felt like that one, um, I don't know if deflated is the right word, but he felt deflated by that. Um, Different guys were kind of different. I thought Rich Miller was pretty intense, but I I thought like Jason Bean, Mason Fairchild had kind of a good attitude about it. Uh, They were less down, less deflated than you might have thought. And so um, I I guess it depends on who you ask, but... uh, it, it wasn't as negative as, as maybe I expected. I've covered some pretty deflating losses that um, had some people. I, I would say Lance Leipold was probably the most deflated of anyone um, that we spoke to post game. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, Kansas does lose 38, 31, mm-hmm. 
Um, a lot on the field to break down. Uh, yeah. Plenty. Uh, Jalen Daniels, <laughs> I think we got to start with this. Uh, goes off with an apparent shoulder injury late in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, he finished the game 5 of 10 for 89 yards, uh, 7 carries for 6 yards, and uh, got hurt. Jason Bean was forced into action with the game 10 yeah. to 3. Uh, just off the top real quick, anything that you've heard at this point on Jalen Daniels' shoulder? So according to Lance Leipold, he knew he was out. Um, that was kind of what he had heard and that it's something they're going to know probably next 48 hours. Um, you know how severe it is. Kent, I don't need to tell you um, a shoulder or arm or collarbone or whatever it is um, to the throwing side for a quarterback. I mean, that's not usually a, okay, next week, you're totally fine. Good to go. Um, I, I, I personally would be surprised if that's the case, but so far the line is, yeah, let's see, let's see what the next 48 hours look like. And and I think they're going to continue to have it evaluated, but um, I think Lance talks to media either Monday or Tuesday and, or I think it's Tuesday. And, and that is when I bet on an update coming in. Yeah. Just leave a little bit of mystery for Oklahoma who all of a sudden looks very winnable. Um, yeah. We'll get there though. We got next week <laughs> to talk about that. Um, yeah. We got a lot of, we'll talk about the on-field stuff, right? I just yeah. want to say this. I don't know if I've been more proud of a Kansas football team after this, I, than after this game. And that includes the five wins that we've just seen. This moment for this football team, I think, was huge. And the fanfare, the um, the buildup to this game, mm-hmm. college game day is literally in the booth as you're running onto the field. Your quarterback goes down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you go out and respond in the way that you did in that game to take a lead. And go toe to toe with a very good football team. I am uh, equal parts proud of this football team, impressed by TCU's offensive skill players, and believing that this team is for real. Both teams are for real. I can't, this is not, uh, this this wasn't a flash in the pan. This was validation for everything that has happened in the first six games of the season. It was a wildly impressive response by this football team not to not to lean on the past of what this what this program has been and respond in a way that put them toe to toe with a team that's probably going to be in the top 15 maybe dip like maybe closer to 10 than 15 by yeah. the, by by Sunday. Kent, this was a top 25 matchup. It's what no it, it was billed as it, I, you know, game day came here, whatever. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I came away from this thinking, yeah, these are probably two legitimate top 20 teams. And I think the case of that is, yeah, your starting quarterback goes down. You still find answers offensively. I thought the defense, you know, Lance Leipold made a comment after the game that, you know, if you just look at the points, you may have one opinion of the defense, but you shouldn't be fooled by that. And, and Kent, that's something I've been saying pretty much the entire season that situationally, which is where defense is most important, um, the Kansas defense more often than not has kind of stood up. And, you know, I, I, I thought today in the first half, the Kansas defense kept Kansas in the game when the offense had chances. I actually thought the play calling was great. I thought Kansas had opportunities basically the entire game. Fourth and one, they fumble, or at the one-yard line, they fumble. Yeah. And then on a fourth and five, Quentin Skinner can't hold on to the ball despite being hit by a TCU guy. Um, other than that, I mean, he probably should have had at minimum 10 more points, possibly 14 more points in the first half, just because of a, a fourth down and plus territory. And then the one yard line, that's not a stretch at all. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you, you come away pretty impressed with the offense, but also the defense, keeping them in the game early, 
Um, it wasn't perfect in the second half. This thing became a shootout, but I actually thought the defense acquitted itself pretty well considering what this TCU, this TCU team is one of the, you know, one of the best offenses right now in the country. So um, there's, there is actually a lot I want to talk to you about with the offense, but I, I, I think that's kind of my big thing coming off this game is I hope people don't look at this one and go, well, the defense just couldn't get any stops because I, I actually thought the defense was huge in this I, game, situationally very good. Can I talk about the defense really Go quick? Because yeah. I, there is, I have zero problems with this defense whatsoever. They did exactly what they needed to do for the vast majority of this football game. Here's mm -hmm. the thing. That Quinton Johnson guy that had 13 catches and over 200 yards, uh, he might be a chief in, a, <laughs> in the first round next year. Like, I hope people understand it. By the way, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're watching. It's helping us grow this channel. It helps people mm -hmm. know that we're on right now talking about Kansas football, breaking down this game. I know some people probably don't want to hear it right now, but it's worth mm -hmm. talking about. Quentin Johnson is an absolute monster, though. And uh, I think largely Kansas executed the game plan pretty well. Um, and we talked about it on the defense, like what, what Kansas mm -hmm. needs to do on the defensive side of the ball. And we, I think we were pretty right about what the game plan was for this. Force TCU to drive down the field, limit explosives, be good mm -hmm. against the run, and or be capable against the run, and, and force this team to sustain drives. And for the vast majority of this game, that's exactly what KU did. They forced TCU to drive the length of the field. Sands one, I think one big explosive touchdown of 41 yards, maybe two. Yeah. Am I missing a Can second I give one? you two plays? Can I give okay. you two plays real quick? One yeah. was, yeah, it was like a 40 or 50 yard touchdown where receiver and what happened, two guys weren't set. They were still talking TCU, which was going a little bit more methodical, changed tempo. And that's, I mean, that's something KU does. It's something the defense has to be aware of, but it wasn't like some massive breakdown in the secondary. It was I think it was Kalen Gervin and Marvin Grant, and they're still talking, doing, you know, getting signals, figuring out how to defend the stack. TCU goes quick. And then the other one was right at fumble yard. It wasn't a touchdown, but TCU hit a huge, you know, huge chunk play, like 50 plus yards. Um, that was Johnson. That the <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's another one that the defense just you know, has to be kind of ready to answer the call. But those things, those things don't alarm me. Like those are problems that are way, way lower on your list of problems as compared to like they can't get a stop. They can't do anything well. They're just getting beat like the Oklahoma game we talked about, Oklahoma TCU, where Oklahoma is just busted coverage after busted coverage. This was a little bit different. Um, and, and those were really the two that stuck out to me as times the KU, you know, should have done a lot better. But other than that, I thought they were sound. I don't think Kansas has been out coached once in six games this season. I yeah. genuinely don't believe it. Um, I think KU had as good of a game plan as they can have for the players that they have on this roster. And that's not a knock on the players on this roster because they, they were plenty capable and they are a big 12 caliber, yeah. but TCU, their offense was predicated on guys making plays. They have one of the best running backs in the country and they have legitimate wide receiver pass catcher weapons. And Max Duggan's pretty good too. And yeah. I, I came away pretty impressed just by the TCU offense and what KU was able to do in this game. I have no qualms with um, I, I, that you, you needed the offense to go out and, and, mm -hmm. and go toe to toe. And guess what they did in the second half. They did in the second half. KU played. I'm mean, there, there's no moral victories here. KU and TCU tied in that second half of that football mm -hmm. game with the backup quarterback, Jason, Day, or Jason B. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, 
I am like we there was all kinds of talk that hey Jason Bean's having a great camp. Hey, Jason Bean's having a great mm-hmm. camp. Hey, all this stuff. And you know, Jason Bean's pushing, you know, uh pushing Jalen Daniels and all this stuff. You saw, I think you saw two things. I think you saw the improvement of Jason Bean and why he was pushing him. I think mm-hmm. you also saw a little bit why Jalen Daniels won the job out. <laughs> yeah. You know, because there were a few moments in the, I mean, Jason Bean played outstanding. His receivers made some big catches for him and some mm-hmm. big plays for him. He found those big plays. He did, I think he did more than, he did a great job. He did an absolutely great job. There were a couple situational moments that kind of got away from him. Mm-hmm. A couple inaccuracies. Um, like probably the difference between a, a Jason Bean getting the job or a Jalen Daniels. But I mean, you saw, I think you saw the growth and the improvement of Jason Bean from last year to this year. No doubt about it in my mind. Two, the two areas I thought he improved, or, or really the, the biggest area I thought he improved was, especially when he was leaving the pocket, just the patience to continue to look and keep his eyes downfield and give his receivers a chance. And then I thought also it was more accurate um, than I've seen. Because I, I remember, you know, when Emmett Jones was recruiting him to come to Kansas and he, he made that decision to come here. And looking over his film and talking to people who had seen him play. And, and they were like, yeah, I mean, when he throws it, there's a chance the ball's going to get there. And there's a chance it's just going to be absolutely in another direction. And you, you have to live with some of that. Um, more often than not, uh, he gave his receivers every chance to make a play. Um, the one interception he did tell me, I asked him about it. He, he was going for the guy short. He just wasn't a good pass. And he, he left it long, which won't shock anyone. But I, I think you saw a lot of growth from him. And I also think this kind of goes back to the building blocks that KU installed last year, right? Like KU's offense was very wide zone based last year. It didn't work a lot of the time early. They kind of figured it out more and more as the year went on. Mm -hmm. And they started running a lot of stuff off of that wide zone in the second half, not just wide zone running plays, but play action. There was a counter in there. And then also throwing the ball on sets that kind of start out looking those same ways. And I, I talked to a few different guys about that after the game, but Mason Fairchild told me going into the week, that was not the game. Like they did not plan to come out and do this. And then they got to halftime and they had Jason Bean and it was, what do we know how to do? What can we do well? And Mason Fairchild called, they said, it's still the bread and butter. And it was the bread and butter going back to last year. And so they all, they all seem to feel really comfortable. Jason Bean said that too, that he felt really comfortable with that kind of like wide zone base of the offense. I know they still do a good amount of that stuff, but it, I think this offense felt comfortable doing that more. And I think that's a credit to Andy Kotelnicki to basically scrap his plan going into the week and saying what plays are working, how can we run them basically? So um, I thought that was impressive too. Uh, yeah, and like that is a, I mean, but that's again, that's another sign of coaching. And again, like I think KU is in like uh, no, no kidding. They're five and one, and it's it's you know KU football. They're in remarkable hands. They have outcoached. They've, they've not been outcoached yet. I genuinely don't think that they've been out outcoached to this point. And I think this was another notch. Like everybody's criticizing the conservative nature of the fourth downs last week, but I think it was a, a game flow decision. Yeah. And I think you saw exactly why today, because I mean, Lance Leipold is quoted as saying, if KU had scored on that final drive, yeah, yeah. they're going for two for the win, which is undoubtedly 100% the right move considering the game flow and the game situation, the way that game was played. KU does not want to get stuck in a short field fake football competition yeah. against TCU in overtime because you're you're on the shadow of the goal line and TCU just has dudes. Yeah. Sometimes you can't scheme against dudes. And so the the I, KU I mean the I think the in-game decision 
no qualms there. I think the play calling was exceptional. I think the game planning leading up to this game was exceptional. I I think KU did an outstanding job in a lot of different areas. I'm not I have no qualms with about anything from that game except for some on-field execution. And yeah. that's going to happen in college football. But also this team was able to account for a guy that was a Heisman candidate 2 weeks ago. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. like, I don't know. Jason Bean played fantastic. He played a great game and it's a credit to the entire entirety of that unit and the entirety of the coaching staff. Yeah, Ken, I, I, and I also don't want to sound like a broken record about this too, but like I went into halftime and, and you know, I, I scroll social media. I try to get like a feel for what people are saying during the game. And I thought, I thought there was a good amount of people missing the point on execution versus like play calling, for example, just because it felt like, again, Kansas was in positions to score. Mm-hmm. You have the ball at the one yard line. You expect not to fumble. You have a fourth and five pass hit a receiver in the hands you expect that to to be a first down you know um and and that even continued late in the game you know there was a a second and 20 when KU needed points and they called a quarterback draw and Jason Bean got half of it and then they picked up the first down and I've heard you know really the last two games because it worked so well the first however many games from fans this year when it's third and long or whatever and they run the ball and they say they're conservative they're playing for the field goal what are they doing what is this play call well that's why it's the same concept as that Jason Bean run it's the same concept they did against West Virginia it's the same concept they did against Houston because Lance Leipold and the staff like you mentioned today they were much more aggressive and more often than not this year they have been very aggressive the basically the two times that they haven't other than that Iowa State game were end of game possessions where Kansas was up by exactly 8 points and it you know they said okay we're up exactly by 8 We'll punt the ball. That was against Duke, and I believe that was against West Virginia, too. This staff trusts its guys other than that. And I think Lance Leipold, Lance Leipold's an offensive guy. Like, I know he's an old ball school coach, but, like, Lance Leipold, he is offense first. He's leaving that defense to Brian Borland um, to figure things out. So, um, yeah, no qualms there. And, actually, I wanted to give a shout-out to a few. Just, you know, I took notes on a few guys that I thought probably deserved it. Massive game by Mason Fairchild. Mm-hmm. That catch oh where my gosh. he turns the <laughs> other way. No luck catch. I don't know. He had I, no ridiculous. clue where that ball was. Oh, oh, oh. There it is. That was a really good throw by Jalen Daniels, too. Yeah. And and by the way, the reaction of Jalen Daniels, he throws it and then he realizes he's put it on the, you know, the other side. And you can see him be like, oh, and then yeah, he makes the catch. Tremendous play. Uh LJ Arnold, Lawrence Arnold blocking. Massive on the uh, Devin Neal had a 21 yard run to get down to the six yard line right before that Jalen Daniels fumble. LJ Arnold cleared out two guys on that block. Um, I thought that was tremendously impressive. And then, yeah, I mean, Jason Bean, and, and I know we're going to talk about him more and more, especially if he's this team starter moving forward. But just to respond from not only that pick, but how about the option throw where, I mean, he kind of looked back and it's possible he was expecting his running back to be closer, but he threw the ball to no one right? He pitched it to a guy who was way in a different position. And to be honest, I, I thought there was another option pitch that he needed to just, just keep and fight for tough yards. He pitched it to the sideline. I think they called a hold on the play, mm-hmm. but Jason Bean to come back from that, to throw for four touchdowns, to play like he did, you know, coming off the bench in the second half. I, I don't think you could say enough about how difficult that is and how impressive that was. Jason Bean, 16 16- of 24, 262 yards, four touchdowns and an interception. Yeah. In a half of football. <laughs> Against the Big 12 team. <laughs> it's pretty uh, ridiculous, Kent. It's nuts. Um 
Yeah, and I'm trying to find his rushing stats here really quick. I, I've got it in front of me, actually. Seven carries, uh, 34, 34 yards. Yeah. Now 12 of those were negative. So 46 positive, 34 total. Average five yards a carry. Shout out uh, Sevy Morrison on that one run, too. <laughs> I kind of thought we were going to see a little bit more out of him, too, honestly. I thought we were going to get a little, him a little bit more involved. Uh, Chaz Schneider says something. By the way, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Mm -hmm. Leave some comments. Tell us how you're feeling after this game. But I saw this line, this line from Chaz Schneider. I hurt more than I expected to. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to say something about that. Um, how good does it feel to hurt Kansas fans? Like, genuinely. You have, since, since this season started, you've been week to week with this team. You have been eagerly anticipating Saturdays or Fridays on the first week, but you get it. Um, and I, I just, it's amazing to me that we are sitting here in October, sad, emotional, gutted by a Kansas football team that was on the verge of becoming literally a, a shout out. Anthony Bass, the first team in college football to be bowl eligible if they win this game because they were going to end the game before Michigan did how I know it's gut-wrenching right now and I know six is still a very 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 magical number for this football team but it has to feel good to be sitting here in October caring about college football is it late night like next week yeah did you know that because I barely did I think I learned about it listening to someone say, did you know late night is in two weeks? I, I think that's literally the only reason I knew. Kent, I, the crowd today was the best I've heard it. I, I just think like I walked, let's see, I, I do some pregame radio stuff here. Starts at 8.30 a.m. I was a little nervous with game day, so I woke up at like 5. I live in Kansas City. Got down here. It was like, I don't know, it was probably 7.30. And there were just people everywhere. And I, I know people were camping and there were signs and people are out in houses, you know, up and down Mississippi um, where the stadium is. There is such a buzz around this team right now. I was telling the story when I was at the student newspaper at the University Daily Kansas back in the old days. Um, there, was a, there was a time where so few people were coming to games that I had this idea. What if we go out with these like hand counters and we send a couple of reporters to each you know, kind of entrance. We just count, like, how many people are actually showing up for these games? We know what it's reported, like, how many? And it was, like, countable. I think the number was some. it was 12,000 or something like that. It was a game against West Virginia. It was freezing. Um, Might have been around Thanksgiving. Cave got blown out. And I just remembered thinking, like, there were 20 students at that game, and there was 10 minutes till, you know, kick. And it's just, like, people don't care. People at, at where the things are. I think what this has shown is one for a lot of Kansas fans. There are a lot of Kansas football fans. There are a lot of people who want to see this program be successful and be good and who are ready to come back and support it and get excited about it. And, and I just think you've seen, like, I, I don't know what I expected, especially if you had told me they were 5-0, and but I think you've, like, really seen the community actually take to this Kansas football team in a way that's, like, legitimately heartwarming and kind of it just makes you feel good, I think. So, um, I mean, this is still the story of college football and – They've got a chance to continue to, to go and validate this thing with, you know, how they play next week. But yeah, I think that comment's really interesting because I know a lot of people are hurting right now, but it also felt like it, it felt like there were some proud people in the stands 
um, with the way that game ended too. It should be. This team fought with a with a backup quarterback, and I know the backup quarterback played out of his mind and sparked yeah. this team. But like that, it cannot be overstated. It's still a backup quarterback. There is a reason Jalen Daniels won, and you've seen the reason Jalen Daniels won the first five weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. But they responded, and the thing I love about this team is you would have no clue whatsoever of their past if they weren't wearing a Kansas football uniform. And that's the thing that impresses me so much about this team. And that's the thing that impressed me today is there are so many moments where this team could have fallen apart, where different Kansas football teams under different leadership does fall apart. Mm -hmm. That game gets out of hand. If it's, if it's the Beatty era, the miles era, the Weiss era, (laughs) The Turner Gill era. The one game Joshua Urgel interim coach era. Exactly. Like it's just it th- that team falls apart and they didn't in the slightest. In fact, they came out right out of the half and took the lead and played with pride. This group plays with pride. This group is a viable college football team that deserves to be ranked, and they deserve to be ranked on Sunday. Yeah. And look, I don't, I don't know if the Big Twelve Championship is in this team's range of outcomes. I didn't, you know, I don't think we really spent a lot of time talking about that. Which I mean, it's absurd that we were even having to have that conversation, right? But the magic number is six. The magic number sits here at six, and it's just going to be a desperate scrap to get to six. And then anything after that is is joy. I think there's probably a little bit of not, not not on the football field but i think as ku fans i think part of the reason this hurts is because you know how valuable that sixth win is yeah and there's i mean there's a list of reasons reason, reasons why this game hurts and some of yeah we, you know there's some there's some questionable calls and Jalen daniels got hurt and all that stuff but i think just I, I think fans probably have that magic number in the back of their head in a very very big way that emotionally until they break through that wall, it's going to be a painful, it's just going to be, it's just going to be painfully exhausting until you get there. Yeah. Kent, there's so much to break down and endless, endless stuff that we'll talk about, but I kind of want to end on this and I want to kind of get your gut, like your gut check on this, where you, where you feel. If this team has to play without Jalen Daniels for an extended period of time, your like gut reaction about what that does to this team's ceiling, what it means for next week. Where where is this Kansas team? How good is it? How well coached is it? If Jason Bean has to be at the helm moving forward, they will win one more game. At least they're gonna do it. Whether if Jalen Daniels misses the rest of the season, I genuinely think that what you've seen out of this team, this fight, this effort, the 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 how well coached this group is you're going to see them pull one more out. I genuinely believe that. I mean, people forget they almost pulled it. They almost pulled a game out against Oklahoma last year with Jason being at quarterback. Uh, They, you know, they, they, they had, you know, there was some blowouts, no doubt about it, but this team has done it before uh, or has been on the doorstep of doing it before. This is a well-coached football team. This is a better football team. This is a deep football team. And what you saw that Jason Bean will get you a win in the next six. I'm not going to pro- prognosticate on which which one it is. 
I don't know which one it's going to be, but they're going to get one more. They're going to go bowling somewhere in Texas because that's where all the Big 12 bowls are. <laughs> Can I, I – I'll add on that because I agree and just say one thing that I, I think will make Kansas fans maybe feel a little bit better, uh, although who knows. Maybe I'll just be totally wrong and, and look like an idiot. But um, think about last year where so many of these games were lost, um, especially before Kansas really had a chance to get going. There wasn't the depth that's in the program now, especially defensively. I mean, think about the game Lonnie – think about the game the defensive line had today. I thought they were excellent for a good part of this game. Kind of not so much late, but, you know, I was talking to someone who covers TCU, and he was just like, they have two defensive lines. They keep subbing them, and they keep coming, and it doesn't matter which four are in there. They just keep coming. And and I thought that kind of speaks to what this team has done, adding players but also building up the players who are young players already in the program. Yep. So I, I don't think you're at risk of these games that are 14-7 to seven at half like that Baylor game, and all of a sudden you're down 30 because you don't have the horses to kind of keep up with some of these other teams. So I think that gives you more chances. Um, I also think this offensive line, the understanding of the Andy Kotelnicki offense and what they can do. I think that's so much higher now that I think it helps KU just infinitely stay in and, and ultimately win some of these games. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think this team's ceiling is undoubtedly lower with without Jalen Daniels because I think Jalen Daniels is that good. But I also think that Jason Bean is at worst, at absolute worst, the third best quarterback behind Carter Stanley and Jalen Daniels that KU has had since Mangino hmm. and arguably depending on how the season goes, could end up being the second best, you know, behind only Jalen Daniels. So you've got, you've got a chance. Um, you will have a chance against Oklahoma. You will have a chance against Texas tech. You should have a chance against, you know, K state and, and other games throughout the year. I, I think this team is good enough. I think it's built up more depth. I think it is well coached and understands those concepts a lot better. So um, it may change the, kind of the range of outcomes for this team, but I think they'll still have a chance in a lot of these games. 100% agree. Um, and I mean, this one hurts. Don't get me wrong, but man, I, I, I hope Wisconsin wasn't watching that game. You know, uh, KU out rushed TCU had mm -hmm. more total yards. They had, uh, almost, they had more passing yards. Uh, I think they were even on turnovers. Were they even on turnovers? Uh, I'm trying to do it quickly. This is not arranged in a way that's conducive I think for they me did, getting your I, answer. I think they did. Even, I think they were even on turnovers. They were right there, man. They were right there. Uh, I yeah. It's I'm impressed by this football team. It's a bummer they lost, but man, a lot of reasons to be excited for the rest of this season. I think KU is going to find a way to get to a bowl game. I genuinely believe that. I know the slate gets tougher. I believe in this team. I, there's no reason not to be believing in this team and to pack the booth the next time that they show up, regardless of what the outcome looks like. This is a fun football team to watch. They've earned everything they've got, and they're going to continue to work. I don't think Lance Leipold is just going to change. Be, and I don't think this coaching staff is going to change just because they lost a football game. They're going to come in and walk in with the same kind of mentality and focus, and they're going to demand that of this program. And I think these players, the reason that this has been working is because the players have been responding and feeding off of that mm -hmm. too. So I yeah. think I think oh you better look out because they're about to get their best. They're about to get a really big performance from Kansas, a very strong focused performance from this football team. It's a trap game. You better pay attention, OU, because you could get embarrassed to Norman if you're not careful. Can't wait to find out. We'll be talking about that game. We'll be talking more about this game later in the week. That's Scott Chasen. I'm Kent Swanson. It's been the booth review post game show. We'll catch you later.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.